you're listening to NRI Women, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. We hope in sharing these stories, you are inspired, learn something new, or find comfort in knowing you are not alone in some of the struggles you face. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nenora. With globalization, immigration, and workers moving from one country to another, where do expat kids call home? These are third culture kids, or TCKs, a term coined by U.S. sociologist Ruth Hill Yusin in the 1950s for children who spend their formative years in places that are not their parents' homeland. And as NRIs, we're either raising our kids in a third culture or our second or third generation who've grown up in a different country. Suman Manning, our guest today, is here to share her story of marrying a foreigner and raising their children in a culture that's neither hers nor her husband's. She's Indian, her husband is Australian, and they're raising their family in Dubai, a melting pot of cultures. It sounds cliche, but with nearly all nationalities represented, the UAE is one of the world's most culturally diverse country. Suman has lived in the UAE for 23 years, and it was here that she met her husband. Shane is um, from Wollongong in Australia. We met um, in Dubai on the 1st of April. So it's actually a running joke in the family about uh, meeting on Fool's Day. And we met in an Irish bar. And um, yeah, we and he came and talked to me, where he came and um, commented on my hair and because it was bright red at the time, and um, he asked if I was spoken for, which I found very intriguing. Nobody talks like that, right? And um, yeah, and it so happened that he was going to India for work. And upon asking where he was going, he said he was going to Bangalore. So there's no way he could have known that I was from Bangalore at the time. So, you know, my defenses and my aloofness went out the window a little bit. And so I wanted him to have a good time and to really enjoy the city. And uh, so then that's how we kept in touch. And uh, when he got back from India, you know, we've pretty much been inseparable since. So the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And they discovered more about each other as they continued to meet. When I first met Shane, he had crazy mad hair that had just grown wild and he had uh, piercings in his ears he had like little barrels in his eardrum in his um, earlobes he had a pierced tongue and pierced nipples now anybody who's listening you know don't get scared (laughs) he's just gorgeous he had the loveliest smile and it went straight up into his eyes and he had a kind smile and i his smile was one thing that i noticed first everything else was a bit of a shock after uh, the first meeting I just I remembered his smile and he also had a love for tattoos so he had his um, upper right arm uh, and chest tattooed um, he had tattoos on his feet and I was thinking really is really I already knew very early on we both knew that we wanted to be together uh, and we knew that this was different and that this was very special and and since then, you know, he, he shaves his head and he's um, got way more tattoos. He's almost fully covered. And it's taught me so much about looking beyond, you know, that initial packaging. I guess he also really liked me because I had bright red hair and, and um, he always says that it caught his eye across the room. While their unique looks may have drawn them to each other, they found that they had a lot more in common and their differences 
they chose to learn from it. I always noticed that he had similar values. He loves his family, they're very close-knit. He talked about his family a lot in the beginning. So, you know, those are values that I found really endearing and made sure that even though he loved rock and roll and he taught me so much about music that I would never have listened to. Just music that, you know, is loud and noisy, but I can really appreciate it now. I would never have listened to Sepultura you know, 20 years ago, <laughs> I wouldn't even have known this band. For him, I think in a similar way, um, being part of a huge family like mine, because he's got a very small family, compared to, you know, my mom, who's got six sisters and three brothers. My dad's got five brothers and two sisters, and then their kids, and then their kids. Yeah. So, you know, just our close family, for my mom's side, would be about 100 people, and Shane's got probably eight. So there, I would say these are not stark differences, but you know, there yeah, there are differences in the way we are. I think the similarities though is our love for food. After a couple of years of dating, Suman and Shane had a big fat Indian wedding in Bangalore and then were ready to start a family. Only things didn't go according to plan. Shane's one of five children and I'm one of two. So we always thought, Shane and me, that we would have three kids. And when we were trying, it wasn't easy for us. And then we went to see the specialist and he actually um, was this amazing Indian doctor here called Dr. Pankaj. And he pioneered fertility. And he made me do some tests that I hadn't been asked to do before and um, realized that I was insulin resistant. I had too much insulin in me. My body was making too much insulin, didn't make enough progesterone, which meant that I didn't ovulate. So getting pregnant was going to be really, really difficult. And um, so just finding that out and understanding why was a huge relief. I just think, you know, too many people these days um, struggle with it. It is not as easy. You know, we've got to be honest with ourselves. It's it's harder and harder to start a family. And uh, so finding out why we weren't getting pregnant was a huge relief. And it just, I can just remember it all just being such a blur and it all happening in such quick succession. From seeing him to our next appointment, it, my cycle was, I was ready. And, you know, they suggested, why don't we have IUI? Which um, it actually, is intrauterine insemination. So that's what we did. And then it was time to wait and find out if they were pregnant. It was a crazy, crazy afternoon, I must say. Um, that's the only way I could put it. It was pretty surreal. We had a regular appointment with our doctor because we knew we were pregnant. We'd taken the test, the home test, um, and we knew that we were pregnant but my ACG levels were quite high when we did a blood test. So the doctor did say, you need to wait for four weeks, come back and then we will find out how many there are. Anyway, so when we went and did our first ultrasound test is when um, our doctor heard the first heartbeat and showed us this little black blob on the screen and said, there you go, you're pregnant, you know, and we were just like ecstatic. Shane was with me, holding my hand, all very, you know, picture perfect. <laughs> and then uh, he said, there's the second. 
and we heard the second heartbeat and I was grinning because I've always wanted twins and I was just so thrilled. I was just like, oh my goodness, could this be like really twins? Amazing. And Shane's hand grip got really quite tighter. And I couldn't see his reaction because you know, I was on the table and he was behind me almost. And, um, and then the doctor said, when it rains, it pours, there's your third. I was just, it was still processing that comment when I heard the nurse just shout going, we need a chair, get a chair, because you know, Shane's grip went from my hand. He got all weak need, he needed to sit down. So when they printed out our little ultrasound scan, I remember just sitting up, bursting into tears because I was just washed by this feeling of being overwhelmed. And then I looked at Shane and we burst, burst out laughing. We were just, we had this huge emotional roller coaster all in like one minute that we experienced and it took a long time for us to get used to the, to the idea of being pregnant with triplets. While the idea of being pregnant with triplets sounds great, it also has higher risks. The most common one is premature birth, as was the case with the Mannings. Just from the start, I think it was all out of our hands. So much of it was out of our hands. You know, the fact that we were pregnant with triplets was completely unexpected. Um, they came at 30 weeks. I went into labor and um, was admitted into hospital and four days later um, one of my placenta abrupted so I had to have an emergency c-section very grateful that I was already in the hospital at that time so they were able to you know I had a really positive outcome from it they were a really good weight um, the neonatologist was thrilled that we were 1.5 kilos for us to get used to that number in our head is still like a, no it's like a size of a chicken yeah. um, but um, Again, they were in an ICU. Um, my girls were there for three weeks. My son was there for five weeks and um, he had a pretty tough start because he caught an infection in the NICU um, and which resulted in septicemia and he needed to have nine blood transfusions in a, over a week uh, to help him fight this infection. So that was a pretty... Um, rough start for all of us and I think it really changed me as a as a mum that I am today honestly you have to look at the things that you learn from it you know it was very very um, scary but also at the same time it brought me back to my faith I would say where I found a lot of comfort in um, in my religion and just the f belief the system that we had that everything would be all right and and I must say, you know, I still look back at the time and just think, I don't know how we did it. The Mannings are blessed with two gorgeous girls, Zara and Zoe, and a beautiful boy, Xander. The first few years were rough, with all hands on deck. Suman's mom moved in to help them for the first few months. And then as they got older, it got easier. The children are now nine years old, and all the challenges of raising them in the beginning are long forgotten. The one thing that stayed with Sumando is her faith, which helped her through her roughest time. I was raised um, in a Christian home. Um, 
uh, my mom and uh, my mom's Christian, my dad's Hindu, but my mom um, introduced religion to us and raised me, um, take me to church and Sunday school. I mean, we, we had exposure to both, and I think at a young age, I veered more towards Christianity. So when I came to Dubai, um, it's a different life, and I was thrown into work and my career and I guess religion went down the list of priorities in that sense but when I became a parent and became a mom and you know you're you're, you're there in, in a situation where you're so helpless you're so uh, you're willing your child to fight you're willing um, your child to be well and a lot of control is taken away from you and the only thing that really made sense to me and it was quite subconscious actually was it totally brought me back to my faith where you rely or you find comfort in knowing that you know they're a gift they were born with purpose and i begged for their life really i did i remember just saying please make them well please get them out of here and you know, it was it made it gave me a lot of comfort knowing that there were people there praying for him. That there was, um, I believe in the power of prayer. You know, and I truly found a lot of comfort in the power of prayer as well. That, um, yeah. Suman believes she has always had a deep sense of faith and belief, but as life went on, the rituals of going to church every Sunday took a backseat. However, all that changed once the children were born. Suman felt a sense of responsibility that she needed to pass this on to her children, just as her mom did with her. Shane, however, didn't feel the same way. And the first real difference between them on how to raise their children showed up out of nowhere. There's a lot of differences that come up once you have children, which you've never discussed before or you'd never thought about before. And my husband doesn't um, believe in God yet. <laughs> Um, he didn't have that foundation, I would say, uh, necessarily, um, and so we have we don't have that common ground between us as religion. We're also from two different countries and cultures, um, so we have to find you know what works um, and and raise our children to have a bit of everything, so that they can then make their choices and they can then make their um, decisions later on in life so it could be under the guise of saying it's Christianity but what is inherent is for them to make the right choices because I believe that human beings have been created with the power of choice that's what makes us different from you know all the other beings in the world like, and it gives you tools for life you know Treat others the way you would like to be treated. We asked Suman whose culture do the kids identify with more, hers or Shane's, considering they live in a country that has a culture of its own. They would say we are Indian and half Australian. <laughs> That's their way of saying half and half, I think. They know that they've, they've got both. Uh, origins in them. My mother played a big role and uh, she still does. She, you know, she moved in with us to help look after the children. So a lot of 
the, her influence was food-wise. So they grew up uh, in their early years, you know, dosas and chapatis and a dal, part of, you know, everyday food. Shane is loves his food and he's Aussie, so, you know, there's no way they wouldn't enjoy meat. So for them, um, a barbecue, like, uh, you know, that that's time with dad. Um, he's always trying to cook food when the weather is better here. Um, so they do enjoy a steak and, you know, they grill chicken and all of that kind of stuff, which is very Australian, the Australian side. Now that they're also older, Shane really enjoys surfing. And we're fortunate that we live quite close to the beach. So he takes the kids uh, to the beach whenever he's got the time. So they enjoy being in the water, which is very alien to me. I come from Bangalore, which is a landlocked city, you know, so we don't have the beach culture as such. And I didn't grow up with beach culture. And even if I go, I love the sun, but I will sit under an umbrella. So the kids have really developed that love. And I'm so happy about that of the sea and to, to be got good, strong swimmers as well in the sea, so they can really swim and they enjoy being in the water. So that's daddy's side of, you know, I would say culture yeah. as, uh, and, and his passion that's come into it and his love of music. Looking back, what would someone have done differently? I truly wish I had taught my kids another language. It's very easy in India, you know, as you know, when you grow up there, especially in the South, you tend to pick up Malayalam and Tamil and Telugu quite easily because you're surrounded by people who speak those languages. And um, and then you add Hindi into it and then you Urdu into it. Um, I can understand a little bit of Bengali and, you know, Punjabi and things that you're, you're exposed to there. Coming here, I wasn't, um, I should have just taught them Canada, which is my mother tongue. And I only speak with it, with it with my mother. But I, I think language helps kids or anybody identify with where they're from. And I feel like because I didn't teach them, they want to learn Hindi. My kids truly want to learn Hindi. And um, every time I've tried, we've come to a screeching halt because, you know, very basic things. So we were, for example, when um, we were in the car and I said, right, we're going to do it. We're going to learn about um, colors. I'm going to teach you colors today. So I did the whole safed, uh, kala, nila, pila, you know, did those, hara. Um, and then they, my daughter's favorite color was purple. And she said, what's purple? And I was like, oh, hold on a minute. I have no idea. And you're driving, so I couldn't Google it. And uh, so there comes the end to this, <laughs> to this lesson because I don't know what purple is. Yeah. You know, and for them to relate to it, to teach them, for example, and uh, and you've got to be very structured. You've got to be very conscious of teaching another language. You know, everybody needs to speak it and all, all of this. We had to Google what purple is in Hindi too. It's Bengani, and should seem obvious, shouldn't it? But it's not that simple. We take so many rituals that we've learned growing up in the Indian culture for granted simply because it was followed by everyone around. One doesn't give it a second thought. Almost everyone who has grown up in India speaks more than one language. The environment facilitates it. While nationality defines one's legal status, identity defines who one identifies with. 
and the struggle of raising kids or growing up in a third culture can often result in an identity crisis. Where does one feel like they truly belong? I, w I think I want my children to be able to feel comfortable being back in India or being back in Australia. And that's the only thing that I could possibly um, teach them or bring them up with feeling because I don't know where they're going to end up in a few years, where they're going to go to college, because that has a big impact on you as a young person. Um, I, I don't know where they're going to go and settle down and live um, in terms of you know the future. So the world is such a small place and it's at such a big place at the same time, you know, in a contradiction. So they don't have language as a common factor with India, but I want, I want to be able to travel with them as much to be able to feel comfortable and when they meet somebody else from India to be able to identify, have a bit of common ground because they're able to converse, they're able to have common uh, topics, for example, that they could um, identify or relate to. What I would say is, you know, I just want them to be confident in their own skin and just be able to be like, you know what, I, I am half Indian and half Australian and this is who I am. I'm kind, I'm empathetic, I'm compassionate, I'm able to hold a conversation. And those are the qualities that I still want in my children. So it really is being comfortable in their skin. One of the things Suman got from her mom was her faith in God. The other, very big part of Suman's personality is her passion for connecting people and connecting with people. And I just think, um, it, I love meeting people. It's something that I learned from my father and he has a massive love for people and languages. My dad speaks 29 languages. Um, when I say he speaks it, he knows at least 10 phrases in each language. He makes the effort to learn it, write down you know, the sentences. He genuinely loves speaking and learning new languages because he finds it as an icebreaker when he's talking to somebody from a different um, country and that's rubbed off on me for sure like genetically i think i've it's one thing i've loved from my father i don't i don't speak as many languages but I genuinely love meeting people from different countries and the support group that i run for families with twins and triplets we have 45 different nationalities in the group and that's another real um, common place and a way to connect people is you know when you're going through this journey of raising multiples or you're in a country like Dubai, I'll start that again, is when you find yourself in a situation where you're um, pregnant with or you've moved here with twins, triplets or more and you're an expat and you don't have your support network so you don't have your mom, dad, cousins or aunties or uncles helping you raise your children like you do you know back home and I think that's a big part of your culture is that you know it takes a village to raise a child the people that you can uh, ask and rely on to come and help you who can teach you what to do. Suman created a support group for others just like her and Shane families that were pregnant or raising multiple kids where they could find support from one another who shared their culture but most importantly, from those who shared the experience. As ultimately, to feel connected is why we are here. And Suman hopes her children can be that. I truly want them to be global citizens. And that is how the world is growing. Where I feel like my children would fit into this world is 
celebrating their differences, yes, that you know you're unique, you're different, but more connecting with somebody because you're inclusive and you're kind. And that's the that's all I can hope for. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, We have inherited a large house, a great world house in which we have to live together. And hopefully we can all follow his words. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you will help the voices of our guests be heard by sharing this episode with your family and friends. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. To learn more about our guests, please visit our website www.nriwoman.com. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us, hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us at nri underscore woman. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NRI Woman Podcast. Also, our featured podcast promo is Let's Talk OC. If you miss the TV show, you're in luck. This podcast is by obsessed fan Michelle, Liz, who has seen the show once, and Ingrid, the newbie, as they watch and share their thoughts every Monday. They're available to listen to on most podcast platforms. Newport Beach, The Pool House, Captain Oates, Chino, Ew! I'm Michelle. I'm Liz. And I'm Ingrid. And we're Let's, Let's Talk, Talk OC! OC. We're the ladies that brought you Tree Hill Talk, and now we are on the West Coast talking about the early 2000s teen drama, The O.C. Join us every Monday as we watch and review each episode. We hope you can join us. This episode was edited by a lovely Dutti Shibish. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. In the past 50 years, uh, a lot of uh, lifestyle diseases have come up. Like a lot of people are suffering from uh, this, uh, from obesity, from uh, high cholesterol, uh, high uric acid levels, kidney diseases, and thyroid. And all these things can actually be cured by making sure that you are eating right.